Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, wonderful. Great. I can hear you also. Sorry about that. I was having a, a little technical challenges. Yeah, we did too. Like, so we had to stop it from the thumb account. I think Josh is going to try to join now. Um, so yeah, I've been, you we know, can I've give, been like, having trouble with Twitter all day. Have you been uh, having trouble? I, I just like. We've had trouble the, just like starting the lives like over the past week. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Devs fix something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we can wait for a few more people. Let me try to uh, tweet this out, too. Yeah, I just tweeted it. So where are you located that you do these Twitter lives? Uh, I'm in Jerusalem. <laughs> At two in the afternoon? <laughs> well, it's, uh, I mean, it's nine. It's uh, 9.20 in the evening. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, are you in the East Coast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's uh, that's it's probably a more reasonable time than doing a Twitter. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's easier than when it's like at uh some of the times it's like midnight and then I finish at 1 a.m. and I'm like pumped, you know, cuz you've just been on stage for an hour talking to a couple hundred people and then uh and then it's like impossible to go to sleep. Yeah. Um so I think we can get started. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Let, How do let, you want to do let's this? Let's do it. I yeah. Guess, uh, <laughs> I, well, I guess just give an introduction and um, tell, let's start uh, here. I'll interview you and then you can interview me. So um, tell us okay. a little bit about yourself and with the, you know, the topic is uh, uh, LSTs and LRTs um, and you're from a uh, uh, sommelier. And I, you know, I'm always like a, a little embarrassed uh, whenever I pronounce it because it's like, it's not the easiest word to pronounce. So I also want to hear a little bit about the, the history of where the word came from and, you know, if, if you have any origin stories. So we'll, we'll start with that and, and I'll, I'll introduce myself afterwards. Sure. Um, so I'm Stephanie Vaughn. I've been working with uh, Sommelier and then like Seven Seas, really, which is the strategy team behind Sommelier for the past um, nearly two years. Uh, Josh, I see, just joined as well, so he could tell you a little bit more about like the the background of Sommelier. I'll let him kind of cover that. But Seven Seas, like, came out of the Sommelier protocol um, in order to like really just be the first kind of strategy team. And then what we have found, like as a like a, a niche in the strategy space, was we started. Um, like with the, our product, Real Yield USD, and then moved to uh, Real Yield ETH, which is our like flagship product right now. And in Real Yield ETH, um, we started becoming like the largest market maker on chain 
of or liquidity provider, how, however you want to phrase it, of um, wrapped stake ETH. And so from that, we started to move to help like different liquid staking tokens and then, you know, different LRTs. So that's the kind of high level background. So I'll, maybe I'll let you... Josh, who just joined from Somalia, he could talk a little bit more too. <laughs> yeah, and I'd love to better understand the difference between an LST and an LRT. Yeah, so an LST is just a liquid staking token and LRT are, are the new like liquid staking tokens, um, which like are the liquid restaking tokens for eigenlayer. So you can't call them staking because they're restaked here. <laughs> um, I see Lucas is in the audience here, but um, he, like Lucas, um, like runs a, a company that has a L LRT. Yeah, I think for and our, just just real please, quick, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, for I think one of the punchlines for users is um, these LRT tokens. So, like the LST right stakes or secures like the uh, the layer one. So you know, we operate on Ethereum. So the LSTs we use are like STEs. Um, you're, you're breaking up. I don't, I don't know. If I'm, yeah. yeah it's, uh, we're getting potato quality audio. Yeah. Um, but I think like. Uh, so, so wait, so let me understand. Let me make sure I understand this. I'll, I'll say it back because I'm really, I'm really woefully and embarrassingly ignorant. It's like that. Uh, what is it like the Chris Pratt meme? I think of like, you know, I don't know what an LRT is, and at this point, I'm afraid to ask. Um, so it's so if it's um securing a chain and the emissions are through um inflationary rewards related to um uh, block you know block produ production rewards, then it's an LST, and if it's some type of vault based strategy which is not necessarily related to block production, then it's an LRT. Is that, is that an accurate uh, it, It's not really. Um, it, 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 I think it applies, like I would say, it, like a vault-based strategy could be applied to both of these, right? And then that's more of an L, like an LP if somebody enters the vault or comes out of the vault. But an L, like a liquid restaking token is is similar like to a liquid staking token except it would be not like based with ethereum here it would be on on top of like eigenlayer <laughs> maybe like i don't know you have to understand a little bit more about eigenlayer let me see if i can invite lucas to speak because maybe he could talk about this a little bit in more detail well, what I what I understand from Eigenlayer, and I've only heard this from uh, you know like secondhand from people pitching about how it's similar to to Cosmos, is that it allows you to roll up a layer two on top of Ethereum that is secured by Ethereum, and then can transition into security by a native token that you produce. I don't know if any of that is accurate, but it, but, uh, but that's all it was explained to me. But I've never actually read the white paper or um you know or or watch the youtube video or anything on it um but uh so maybe if anybody else in the audience is is familiar with eigenlayer we could get um you know we we could pull somebody up and they could ever, they could tell us about it as well 
Um, but it, uh, yeah. It, or if Josh, yeah, I wanted to try again. I don't know if you're able to speak, Josh. Can you hear me better now? Is it still? Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, the like re liquid recycling chains, um, and I'm in there, they're taking the LSP, right? That time representing the asset. Uh, uh, it's like a faded ancient manuscript. It's like you can almost make out what it what it says. Uh, so so I lo I lost you there, but I think what I what I I gathered is that um, you can take the liquid stake token, and then you can bring it over and use it, and you can stake it again. I guess that's yes. where the restaking comes in. Yes, and <clears throat> uh, and then use it as um uh, as a mechanism for so, a, 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 like a, a secondary means of security and, and because it's at it's at some type of risk and it, it's being used for as a proof of stake for you know an, an additional um an additional layer an, a layer two or an a layer two then it uh, it earns additional yield and then i guess yes. that can be daisy chained and then just represented as um a liquid version of that so yeah so maybe so maybe and again i'm just i'm just kind of piecing this together as an archaeologist here is we take eth um we stake it we uh, make a derivative asset of that which then becomes a staked eth and then we build a roll-up on top of eth and then we secure the roll-up with liquid staked eth and then we take that that second um uh you know staking environment and we make a liquid stake out of that and now i've got this kind of daisy chain um, yes. and i still have a liquid asset and that liquid asset is earning two different yields which are compounding on top of each other um not uh and so it's actually the the yield percentage would be multiplied not added because it's uh one is um i forget how to say it in english uh one is a I don't know. One is a result of the other. Uh, that's not that's not the right word. Um, but uh, that if, and if nobody here can prove me wrong, then I'm gonna. Yeah, I would just. I would. I would. Yeah, I. I wouldn't think of it so much as like it being kind of, um, like multiplying effect. But I would just think of it like like you said in the security way. You know, you're staking another token. It provides security, and now you're coming up with like another you know, liquid version of that. And then you can redeem that um, to get like your, your liquid staking token back or yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's super interesting. And um, I can so see like you're talking trendy. about, yes. And you're talking about different, a lot of different than like liquidity, like, like each liquid staking token and each like, and in a th like, like compared to Ethereum has like, you know, different times like where you know it's it's either pegged closer to ethereum where there's less liquidity and it kind of moves away um and so you're dealing with like lots of different like liquidities when you like have different pools of liquid staked tokens does that make sense and so that's yeah, why our that's product like real yield ETH, like we go like kind of go to different protocols to get the best yield and like do leverage staking um, without, with like all the different liquid staking tokens that we use like right now, but, um, 
like as we build out like further kind of all these different derivatives, like there'll be more options kind of going forward. And that that's amazing. And, and does all of this, so at Levana, uh, so I'm, I'm Jonathan Karras, uh, um, I lead communications, I'm head of communications at, at Levana, and we are actually a customer of, um, of SOM, of uh, Somalier. So we have a market for real yield ETH, which is called yield ETH. And we allow for uh, users to be able to leverage uh, up to 30x long or short um, their yield ETH, uh, which is the ticker on osmosis. And so you actually can get you know, 2x exposure or 5x exposure or 10x exposure um, in the long or short direction. And it's a, it's a, a derivative product also from the, the LPs per, uh, side because you can actually stake your yield ETH uh, into a counterparty vault on Levana in the earn section, and then earn an additional. I think it's you know I've seen it floating between like five and ten percent. So if I'm not mistaken, the you guys are are paying out. Um, what is it? It's like eight percent, nine percent. The last time I looked at it, um, in yeah. the in the real in the yield ETH, and then you can get you know an additional you know five percent on top of that. So. It's if the risk, you know, the risk-free rate of Ethereum uh, hovers around four percent, you can end up getting, you know, three x that um, real yield um, through these kind of daisy-chained, uh, you know, money Lego kits uh, that, you know, Somalier and and Lavana and Eigenlayer kind of all built up, you know, one turtle on top of the other, and it's just turtles all the way down. It's it's really interesting to see as DeFi is maturing. We're finding new use cases to rehypothecate, uh, and I think that's the right word. I don't re- really know what it means, but I've heard it used in context before. Um, so to rehypothecate uh, liquidity, um, it, you know, uh, so that liquidity no longer needs to be um, stuck or siloed in one existing platform. Rather, it can be used um, in uh, with a risk adjustment. To be moved into and and provided to um, alternative use cases, and and I guess one of the first questions that comes with this is that um, is that do we just keep doing this infinitely? Um, like, can we have um, LRRT, where it's like you know you take that token and then you do a layer three or you know do a zk roll up or I mean, with the liquid restaking tokens, though, it is providing value in the fact that it is like securing the networks like in Eigenlayer. And that's like what Eigenlayer was kind of made for. So I don't think like we'll continue to have like different versions of this, but maybe like, um, you know, different ways that we pool the assets I could see happening. Like you would think like in, a, in the different kind of pools of mortgages that you would buy. Um, that we would see in like, you know, the more traditional well, stock market. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was actually thinking of uh, the mortgages from like uh, um, 2007. Um, you know, so it's like how they would, I forget what they were called, um, like, but uh, it was kind of where they, they mortgage backed securities. Yeah. Yeah. The mortgage backed yeah. securities that you would, you would kind of like stack them on top of each other. And then you could take a whole bunch of low grade ones. And then slice them with the uh, priority um, liquidations uh, in order to be able to create liquid, uh, be able to create AAA, 
And so it, it would also be interesting to see um, some type of backstop is that as, as the daisy chain grows, um, you know, if any, if any part of it, you know, if, if Lavana um, had some type of uh, uh, exploit, so then at the top layer where the applicate, where that, where the users touch the application, you know, there, uh, there, there would be devastating loss, God forbid. Um, and then, but then at each of the chains underneath it, um, you know, whether it was uh, SOM or whether it was Eigenlayer or whether it was, um, you know, Rocket Pool. So it would be interesting to see either as a built-in mechanism um, within the stack or as a, uh, a like a, an add-on um, to be able to get some type of insurance or, uh, you know, some type of, of security uh, that would that would prevent kind of like a domino effect of collapse you know, if anything broke in the chain, uh, I've never yeah. seen a product I like that before. Like, yeah. Yeah. I haven't either. I think, I mean, I think it's important that people understand that like what we're building here is different though, and that the risk is different. So the risk rate right, with, with all the mortgage backed securities in like 2007, um, 2000, you know, it, what happened in 2008 was that, um, you know, they were putting together packages and you couldn't really tell what the assets are. Here, you can always tell exactly what the assets are all the way back because it's all on chain. And like, as we, you know, build, you know, better versions of software to read what's on chain, we'll have like more complete data in that. But you're right, there's a smart contract risk and we're kind of multiplying this smart contract risk as we go further. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, and I think that I think you make an excellent point that because it's all on chain, there um the risk assessment um can not only be um you know produced by the end user, but also it's open for anyone um to be able to come in and, and build software, whether it's like a, a block explorer or you know, whether it's some type of uh, independent security company. Um you know, I know that if you are using Gnosis Safe, uh, they integrated with um, a security called a product called uh, Rebrand, um, and uh, or, or Redefine. Sorry, uh, Redefine. And and what they do is 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 exact, not exactly this, but it's uh, it's close enough that where you know you might interact with a smart contract, and then they can you know notify you if there's uh, you know if there's drastic changes to it, if there's upgrades to it. Um, and I think that all of that, uh, all of that part of the industry um, of even just being notified when there's smart contract change um, is really in its infancy. And it, it, it could be, and as we mature from that security perspective, I think that the confidence, especially from institutional characters um, in using the, the services like the LRTs um, is, is only going to increase. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. Um, I mean, we think like, you know, I mean, the seven C's believes that like up to, you know, 80, 90% of ETH can be, uh, like staked here and then provide these services on top for LSTs and then, you know, LRTs, like as the markets grow, well, where, um, but it'll be interesting today? to see what happens. It'll be interesting what, sorry, to see what happens, like when, um, eigenlayer is actually launched and what happens with the LRTs. Because I think a lot of people don't know right now. And it's kind of interesting 
to me, like, I mean, we like to support these products, um, like, especially in, and look at the different liquidity across, you know, and help, um, and help provide like a, you know, a high yield product by using different protocols. But it's interesting in the fact that Eigenlayer hasn't actually launched. Um, and we don't know like what the real assets here are going to look like that they're helping to secure. And you would, if you really think about it, like, you know, the different companies, right, that are going to use like, you know, Eigenlayer for security aren't going to necessarily all be equal. So in that sense, like having one liquid restaking token, wouldn't make sense because it would be then redeemed for something, right, that is equal when like it's, it's helping to secure things that are not equal. So I think as that plays out, like we'll have to have different buckets and have to provide different like value as far as like liquidity. Um, does that make sense? Because well, like so things that are better, like things that are better are going to like have a, like are going to be more liquid, right? That's going to be restaked on top of it. But if you have the same coin representing something that's more liquid versus, you know, something that should be less liquid, you kind of get this weird dynamic where uh, it's hard then to kind of control the price of like what the the value should be redeemed at. And, and I think it also has to do with uh, the time that it takes to, for redemption. I, I don't yeah. know about what the unbonding period is like, but, you know, coming from the Cosmos ecosystem, you know, every every liquid stake token should have a different risk profile associated with it because many of the different chains, like you said, um, the, uh, the, 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 the unbonding period is different. The liquidity of the liquid stake assets um, is different. And also the, the, that, that, um, you know, that, that creates the arbitrage of um, if you want to exit early, then you have to pay a penalty for it. And I know I, um, back in the days of Terra, the, um, the B Luna, uh, Luna market, the B Luna was the liquid stake token for Terra. And there was uh, a, a, a very large incentivized um, uh, pool for B Luna and Luna. And there was usually about a 2% spread. But anytime that there was FUD in the market, um, that spread could grow up into you know, 10 or 20%. And then it was. Uh, it also created really interesting um, strategies where you you could arb that, where you would just take you know buy Luna, um, sell it for you know an extra fifteen percent uh, B Luna, and then immediately begin the unstaking process, which, if I recall correctly, was twenty one days. And then at that point, if you know you were you were bullish on the asset, um, you know you benefited from the arb. So in a, in addition to the uh, just general use case that now you have these fungible tokens, um, I think that people will be able to express their risk on and risk off um, sentiment of these derivative products uh, through, um, you know, incentivized liquidity pools between the underlying asset and, and these derivatives. And that can be, from a trader's perspective, um, that can be really fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be like, I mean, like, yes, from the trading perspective and see how this plays out, it's going to be really fun and interesting. But um, yes, like I know that different like liquid restaking protocols so far have different ways that they think about how to do um, the un like, you know, unbonding here. And that will certainly make a difference. So, um, you know, maybe it'll be that there's ends up being different classes like like, you know, mortgages. Um, 
maybe like, you know, and then those kind of all come together in different vaults. But I think we still have a lot of like maturing to do. Um, so we'll, as, as D5, so we'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Or what's, well, like, maybe well, you could also tell me what's next for Levana and what's, well, what, what are you guys these thinking? exotic assets. So one of the things that separates Levana from pretty much every other perpetual swap is that we can support native um, exotic assets uh, like Yield ETH, like SD Atom or SD Osmo. And when you guys start producing, um, or, you know, when some starts producing uh, LRTs uh, within, you know, the Cosmos ecosystem, so then we'll be supporting those as well. So it, um, uh, I'm really excited to see this kind of evolution of, um, of derivative products becoming more of a mainstream thing. Like how you mentioned before that, Eventually, you'll see that 80% of ETH will be, um, you know, will exist really in the market as a derivative product, as either a, an LST or an LRT. And now those are just going to sit in people's pockets, so to speak, their wallets. And it, there's a tendency when tokens sit too long in somebody's pockets that you get kind of itchy thinking of like, well, what can I, how can I do more with it? You know, what, what can I do, especially when the market is in um, favorable con conditions and uh, people are, you know, generally sitting on gains, um, then you, there's a tendency for people to become more risk on, at least with a portion of their portfolio. Um, and that's really where Levana intends to shine in uh, the next, uh, you know, bull market, because people will sit and say, how can I um, leverage this up? How can I take something that's just sitting and already maybe earning 4% or 5%, how could I make that 40% or 50%? And that's exactly the service that, that Lana provides, albeit with a significant amount of risk. But um, there's very little competition. Uh, you know, almost, I mean, there's no competition in Cosmos and there's almost no competition. You know, maybe there's a few other players in all of crypto. Uh, but I think that that's where uh, our product is uh, uniquely designed to be able to capitalize on this trend. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, I think, when we hit the next poll. But um, how do you think about, like, the future of perps in general versus, like, versus options? Um, I know there's not a lot of options, like, right now in DeFi, but... I love options. I, uh, I like, I got that options account on, on Robinhood. Um, oh, man, when COVID hit, I, like, scooped up options, like, uh, for Facebook and you know, and a few other things. And that was like, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, um, and, and we even built at Levana, we built an American and European options platform um, about a year and a half ago. Um, and we went out kind of hunting for um, liquidity providers um, or for institutional traders for it. And there was just such little liquidity that, um, you know, we tabled the product because perps was so much more popular. So I think the, the problem with options is that there's no easy way to enter into, um, you know, into a, you know, uh, into, into an option, becoming an options trader. And it's also, it's a, there's a lower cadence. It's a less sticky product. You know, with perps, you can literally be on Levana and, and we see it with, with, a um, how, how, uh, enthusiastic people. I mean, I think today, you know, we had maybe 
40, $45 million worth of, of volume traded on Levana. I mean, it was, you know, it, and, and this is, uh, and, and this has just been a general uphill trend as, as the market has become more favorable with options. You kind of like buy an option, um, and then let it sit and, and see, you know, if you get in the money, I mean, if it's European options, you like, you literally can't do anything until it expires. And, um, you know, if it's, I mean, if it's an American option, you can, you can always sell it before the expiration date, but it's not like, a. in many cases, they're not a, a, a quick flip. And the, um, you know, even like, if you look at the onboarding from Robinhood, it's like, they, they literally made you read like a little pamphlet and then take a quiz on it at the end before they enable the options um, uh, trading feature. I don't know if you've been through that use case before, but it's yeah, so I did. I did yeah, a while ago. Yeah, yeah it is like, it is complicated, I think, for, you know, people that don't trade to understand how to trade options. But I do think that traders do want options going into a bowl. But again, you're right. Like, you know, we've thought about this as well. Like, where are you going to get the liquidity from? Um, but and know. it's just not yeah. a single vault, you know. It's a you know you've got to um you you've you've got to price it, and then uh, um what's it called? There's like well, black black shams is if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It just doesn't make sense in crypto where the you know the volatility is is, is so high and multiple markets are so reflective of each other, and so the the pricing is somewhat of a um you know a I don't know a like a lick your finger, put it up and feel which way the air is moving. Uh, there's an Australian, um, uh, there's an Australian firm. And then the name escapes me right now. Uh, uh, Zero cap. Um, and they do options pricings for altcoins. Um, and they've grown significantly in the last, I think, year and a half. Um, and it is, uh, you know, part of like their whole service that they provide is, you know, analysts to be able to um, hopefully accurately price options and then circulate them amongst OTC desks. So it's, there's a lot of uh, white glove treatment that is required to put that liquidity together within the options market. And I think that that's why um, what we've seen within DeFi that tends to shy away, um, both from an operational perspective and I think from a regulatory perspective, kind of shy away from the you know, white glove uh, onboarding treatments um, and, uh, you know, or, or, or active management or broker treatment, I should say, um, is that, uh, you know, these like ribbons and opine, uh, of, of the world, um, have kind of moved to, to, to just vaults, to, to vaults that really, really just automate, um, various, uh, option strategies that are kind of like fixed. And they, they simplify it as to like, well, do you want to be part of this month or do you not want to be part of this month? And then and sometimes it's favorable and, you know, sometimes it, it, it's not. Um, and so I think we, that we could probably, you know, see a lot of growth with options with, with that kind of functionality. But it still has, I don't even think it's scratched the purpose of, uh, scratched the surface of the market penetration of what Perpetuals has, simply because Perpetuals, um, are very easy to understand. You know, I I put in a certain amount of collateral. I say one Bitcoin. I do you want it long or short? Okay, I'll take it long. How much leverage should I apply? Three X leverage. Great. Here's your liquidation price. 
Here's how much it's going to cost you to keep it open per hour. Done. You know, and then you just close it whenever you want and you'll have, you know, you'll have your take profit, you'll have your stop loss. It's a very simple mental model for people to, uh, to, to, to learn. And at this point, you know, Levon has been live for, I think, uh, for almost, yeah, about five months now. Um, you know, we've uh, passed like, uh, I think the 1.1 or $1.2 billion mark in, in terms of trading volume. And I've literally seen like at least like 300 people use the product for the first time. And you see that like, that like a uh, light bulb go off where they're like, Oh, I get it. And, and I've tried probably not with 300 people, but probably with 30 people to do the same thing with multiple UI interfaces for options. And, and you just, it's just not there as, as a, a product. It's not a, it's not a uh, a gentle giant, you know, or that you can just kind of like uh, try as a novice and then slowly become an expert. You kind of have to make that um, large initial step uh, of of learning. Yeah, I think it's like a lot has to do probably, you know, with the, you know, the expiration, right? And anyway, I, I know you guys have gone through like a lot of iterations too with your uh, user interface. Um, but I remember looking at it with Zaki uh, a few months ago. <laughs> but it's, I feel like you guys have come a long way. <laughs> how, uh, yeah. how has that well, process been? We try to, well, so it's all just iteration through talking to people. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of um, A-B testing with uh, Figma files. So we will, and we try to iterate uh, fast and, and ship fast, you know, which many times is, is really great, uh, you know, and, and a handful of times really, you know, bites us in the butt. Um, but, uh, but I think in, in general, the approach of, you know, let's, let's try something new and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then we'll just keep moving, um, has been, uh, relatively effective. You know, I, I, it, it sounds like from your comments that you, you think the product has gotten better. And I think just in terms of the metrics, it's, it's gotten better. Um, and I think the same is, uh, has been with, uh, with, with you guys. Um, you know, I used, uh, I, you know, I've, I've, I've purchased or uh, yeah, I purchased, um, I think real yield Bitcoin and real yield ETH. And okay. it's very simple. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to get started and it's easy to track your portfolio, you know, between the base yield and the subsidized yield. Um, and I would imagine that, uh, you know, that the, that the user flow, um, for onboarding is, um, you know, is, is pretty successful. Yes. I mean, I think we've definitely like iterated a lot for how we, how we've shown uh, like our user interface as well. Um, but I think like using the real use case or, you know, the kind of killer app or for real yield ETH is using like through products like Lavana, you know, through offering it in other locations where we don't have to have them just come to the kind of SOM site, but it provides this, this product in other places. So I think more to come, um, in, you know, in 2024 for that. Um, I and mean, then, you know, we can build other vaults. Offer... Go ahead. Uh, sorry, there's a little bit of a delay. I don't mean to talk yeah. over you. But uh, we're excited to launch whatever markets that you guys bring to osmosis. You know, whatever you've got on osmosis, um, just let us know and, and we'll be happy to open up a market for it. Yeah, I mean, we're we're finally going multi-chain. So we're really excited to, uh, to get over to... Um, to other protocols. It's funny because even though, you know, we are a Cosmos layer one, we've only really been in Ethereum um, until until next year. 
So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what was that? It's such an interesting, especially with Zucky's, you know, close connection with, uh, I mean, he is like the cosmos guy. So like, how did the product come around like as an ETH product with like, you know, it's almost like, uh, it's like wearing one of those, um, um, you know, like a Victorian mask, uh, you know, uh, masquerade ball mask. If you know what I'm talking yeah, about, I I um, understand. I think it it really just comes it comes down to like look like it, Zucky of course knows how to build like you know a layer one you know Cosmos like you know product the best here, but when we're talking about building vaults, especially for the first vault, we don't want them to be limited in in the strategy like. We don't want the strategy to, you know, only be a $2 million strategy here for those first kind of vaults. Um, we really wanted to get the attention and get people in like to things like that are, you know, real yieldies now and real yield BTC. And to do that, like we had to be on Ethereum where most of the liquidity was um, versus go into kind of like, you know, Arbitrum, et cetera. Um, where like liquidity kind of changes between like what's the second you know most popular to Ethereum. So that was the thought process there. But like as you know, Cosmos grows. I mean, it, it certainly makes sense to go over there. And and what about just outside of uh, like anything interesting happening in the Solana ecosystem or near or you know? Yeah, so I think I think a lot is interesting up. in Solana. Probably more to come there too. Um, but again, like I feel like what you know the second. The market that's second, right? It, it's changing so quickly; it's hard to tell. Um, and so, but you could definitely make a bet that the biggest strategies could be launched in Ethereum. You know, when we first started, so that's why we started there. And now, like as we like roll out, like you know, we hope to hit kind of, you know, the top three, you know, all at once here. So you'll see um, as we roll out products over the next like few months. <laughs> And and what does the release cycle look like? Is it do you guys have like uh, um, time based releases? Like we we deploy every three months, or or is it just you iterate on like a product vision, and then when it's ready, you bring it to market? What does it what does it look like under the hood? Um, so like I would say a lot of it, it's all it's all dependent on really what we're working on, but like there's certain products that we could release a lot quicker. Um, so if we want to, again, like help like an LST, like, or an LRT, like get liquidity and, you know, and, and start a vault for them, we could do that a lot quicker, especially since we have established ourselves on Ethereum. So I think we'll, we'll still focus on that. Um, but like, as we, you know, have other options here, like we can get yield across more chains like Arbitrum, you know, Avalanche, et cetera. Um, so it'll make those products like, um, That'll allow us to use the same product, but in in different in different um, in different protocols. So and I the, think and like and so as we like so we really need to kind of like see how it's going to go really for layer twos, um, and then uh, like test out a few to a few different things. But I mean, we'll still have like you know as we'll still have our flagship products next year. Go ahead and. And so where does um, the SOM token play a role in this? Is that, is there some type of a governance process that, uh, you know, uh, that it kicks off these new markets? Um, or is it, uh, you know, purely for um, delegated proof of stake on the, on the chain? 
Um, it, it's uh, like I've, I've never the, really used it before. Yes, so you can you can like stake and and the validators then vote. So you would stake and vote with a validator um, on the SOM ecosystem, and that's what approves like you know the different um, you know different incentives that we have from the community pool, but also different um, different sorry it approves like different uh, strategies that come out and it can take down a strategy too. So this is really what differentiates like the SOM token is what makes us different than like other strategy teams um, that are out there. And that's the fact that like the validators and the governance behind that has control that isn't like true of, you know, a group that just has a multi-sig that says it's decentralized. So that's, if, that's if, if cool. the, yeah, so if like, you know, the seven C's team did something or, or a strategy team, for instance, did something right, that wasn't um, like in line or, you know, with what was good for the people who are in, invested in that vault, the, the validators could take over. And then, uh, and then they would be able to remove the rewards. They would be able to remove the, uh, the, the whole strategy. Um, are yes. there multiple teams that are creating strategies and like it's a, is it like a bidding process or, you know, how did, could I, could I build or design a strategy? And, and if I built, if I wanted to make a strategy, um, is there any type of tooling that I would, I uh, would ha be able to use to create one in? So, um, there are multiple teams creating strategies. Um, we like as seven C's have worked like with multiple teams and we sort of helped them so far with what the tooling is. But to kind of roll out that piece, what we found is like there's not a lot of strategy teams, at least in the the bear market that we were in, right, that are able to launch yield products, which are the most popular. Um, so I think as we go into the bull market, like, uh, you know, some will see how that develops um, and, you know, maybe there'll be more portfolio management products. But we do have other products you can look on, look on the some site. Um, and yeah, invest in some of those as well. Like, like one, one of them is doing really well. So, um, but like right now they are like partnered with, with seven C's um, to, that are sort of like helping them um, send those signals to the SOM protocol. Uh, that's interesting. And so it's actually, um, it's, it, what is it? An, it's an, an off chain uh, mechanism. And then, it, so it's, it's almost like an Oracle system um, that it, it pings contracts on chain to, from from some type of uh, um, yeah, yeah uh, some type of service. Uh, or, yeah, that's you know, what really box. differentiates our vaults here because like we can change what the strategy is by using this off-chain computation, and then our security is changed by that by having a protocol like I just described behind, um, instead of just having you know a multi-sig that could change oh. like or approve. Ah, that's uh, that, that's very interesting. So I think that we actually use. Um, one of your signals um, for the real yield ETH redemption rate. So I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I might be misquoting it, but uh, we, we get um, a, we get a, a, the, you know, the unbonding or, or unpacking redemption rate um, from an off-chain source for the yield ETH. Um, and I know that was something that uh, was important to add. Um, on the front end of the website, because uh, the the rest of the products that uh, 
or the markets that are being offered on Levana are, are powered by Pith, um, you know, from their validator set. Um, and and I think that we used uh, something similar to an Oracle um, that we're actually getting uh, the information for uh, the yield ETH product. So yeah. that that would be in, that would also be interesting um, to be able you know in in the future to be able to do other types of of off chain computation. You know, one of the things you'd asked earlier was uh, about different types of you know product growth that we'd like to see. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, uh, things around social trading, um, being able to benefit from the expertise of, you know, the individual or from the crowd, uh, are really interesting. And I think it's a, it's a very, um, open design space to be able to offer unique and differentiated products. And one of the things that really prevents it from happening today is the, um, the, you know, the problematic amount of computation that is required that isn't realistic uh, from a, a speed and cost perspective of doing on chain, uh, you know, to be able to like, let's say track, you know, a thousand different traders and their performance and then create signals out of, you know, the, the, the positions that they're opening. It's just not realistic to be able to do that on chain, but with, um, you know, a service like what, what you've referred to, uh, I think that, you know, a, these types of signals could be created and then, you know, could uh, uh, um, like a derivative of a derivative market uh, within perpetuals on Levana could be created where I could actually be going long and short you know, in different individual traders or groups of traders. Yeah, definitely. Um, we could do like a Levana vault, right? <laughs> and then you could leverage that as well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 that's great. And um, I'm curious, what other, what, you know, any other upcoming partners or, or any other places where these uh, real yield assets are going to be uh, available in 2024? Um, I think, like, look out for different exchanges. Um, but, like, we have uh, just different uh, centralized exchanges um, in the next few months. Really? That's interesting. And is it, um, you know, does it count? Or I don't know if you know it all, but is it considered like a, like an ETF or... Or like a structured product, you know. I know that. I mean, it know, is in, similar in... to an ETF, right? Um, it's like you know, everybody like you know. But yes, I would say it is similar, kind of, to an ETF here. When you're so that, looking so at the vaults, are there any uh, are there any like uh, geo considerations around that? Like, I know that there's, um, you know, that that even like like New York is not a big fan of of uh, those types of products and. I think it's because it competes too much with Wall Street. You know, I think that's probably one of the reasons why they're sensitive to it. But has, uh, you know, are there any like particular geos that uh, you think that, you know, wow, this these types of products are really underrepresented in and, and this is really where we want to go from a go-to-market strategy? Or is it just you view it as like a, a global market? I mean, I would view it like, you know, as a global market, but we do exclude like the U.S. Um, and some has like excluded the U.S. here, um, like for like just because the regulation in the U.S. is so unclear and our teams are operating here. But uh, Smollier and the Seven Seas team are based overseas um, and are in our foreign control. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's a uh, it's really sad. Like it's it, uh, as like, you know, uh, I guess like a, a a builder and stuff and like really 
it's really sad watching how crypto developed that it's like now, you know, uh, can't be used in Libya, Iran, North Korea, or the United States. They're like, how did you get on that list? Uh, it's just yeah. crazy, the world that we live in. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's sort of funny. Like, obviously, like, the half of the list comes from the initial, yeah, like, um, anti-money well, laundering. And then, you know, the United States is just put on there, uh, like, from the security perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully with, uh, you know, with elections coming up next year and, you know, uh, there, there might be a shift in tide and, and, and we'll see. You know, it's, it's funny because it's like a pendulum. It can swing so strong in one direction and then just as quickly swing back into the other direction. Yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. But I still think we have a while, right, before we have a new uh, group that will come into the U.S. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I know one of the, like, when we look at um, the, the locations that are, are most popular with Lavana, it's, uh, we see a lot of Vietnam, Indonesia, um, you know, uh, I, I, think, I think Japan was, uh, if, I, if I recall correctly, was somewhat high on the list, um, and Hong Kong, uh, France, and Turkey. I don't know if you know uh, any of the, you know, the demos or, or if in your, Discord, you see activity um, with you know different uh, multi language channels, but uh, any anything interesting there, just in terms of like the non English speaking world, um, finding interest in the product. So you know, I think like Josh, like who's like this, like listening again and had trouble speaking, would be best to answer this question. But um, I would say like. Yeah, I, I would have a hard time answering it. But I would say right now, like most of our like people that invest in some are people that are putting a lot of lot of money into the assets. And we hope for that to change, you know, as we like go multi-chain and the prices become a little bit cheaper here. And then I think it's easier to focus like on um, when you don't have like, you know, the kind of gas fees that you do in Ethereum. It's easier to then kind of grow like like you are talking about um uh, how are users uh how are users of uh of your protocol impacted by ethereum gas fees um do they have to pay the same as you know if they were interacting on layer one of ethereum or do they get the benefit of uh you know the stack being built in 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 the co in the cosmos uh, tech stack I mean, we don't we don't get the benefit, but we do like you know because it's off chain here like we do get choices of when we make you know we have to we have to pay the fees to do the the rebalances. So you're not paying those sort of fees, but like to move around, you're paying a fee. Uh -huh, interesting. So I um I was uh, a big fan of a protocol in some of the early DeFi uh, um you know days. I think it was like 2020 called Set Protocol. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but it was um rebalancing uh, ETFs on chain on Ethereum. And they had it where um, they had internal vaults, which were you know, created by their strategists. And then they eventually opened it up for third party vaults. Um, and then you know, everything was going great until it just became, you know, the, 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 fee, the, the block space fees became so expensive that it was just, um, you know, their entire user base was kind of, their, their, their entire um, edge was eaten away by the rebalancing fees. Uh, and, and so it's, uh, you know, it's sad. It's, it's interesting to think that if Ethereum was introduced today, 
you know, really, literally nobody would use it. But, um, but you know, today it kind of falls into that category that it's, you know, it's, it's so crowded. Nobody goes there anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think, you know, a lot of, of this, these issues with fees will be quickly solved, um, with the, as we like a multi-chain very soon. So, <laughs> um, I know That's- we're kind of coming up on time here, but it's been really great to kind of talk about this. I don't know. Are there any questions or how do you do, normally run these? Uh, well, so yeah, if there's uh, if anybody has any questions that they want to either type in, in the, in the chat here or come up and, uh, you know, ask a question, um, uh, you know, either about, uh, sommelier or Levana, you're welcome to do that. Um, and if not, you know, then, uh, we, we can kind of end with, uh, you know, just, you know, make a request if you'd like to come up. Um, we can just kind of make a, uh, a, a shot in the dark. What do you think is going to be the most exciting thing about 2024 uh, in the crypto space? I mean, I think DeFi, like just in general, <laughs> I guess that will be the most exciting and that we'll see the most growth. I think like, you know, we'll go back to where we were and and we'll go 10x from where we were before. Um, what about you? <laughs> I, I think that we're, I think that um, we're probably going to see a really big um, set of growth within the GameFi space. Uh, I think that the, the tooling works now, that the cost of building is good, is, is enough. And because of AI, the, the cost of design um, for making, uh, you know, entertainment is literally one one thousandth of what it was last uh, bull run. And, and I, and one of the things that we saw in the last bull run is kind of as um, as uh, people become more and more risk on because they're in greater and greater gains. And I think that everybody that's like around that, like we're going to get into the, we're all going to make it mode, um, you know, please God. And, and, you know, with the Bitcoin having and the ETF and, you know, all of the other stuff um, that we have going for us. Um, and so I think that uh, we're, we'll see like a, a new all-time highs with Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think that that's then going to roll over into all-time highs within alts. Um, you know, then that kind of helps uh, like an NFT uh, resurgence. And then from there, there's the utility NFTs um, and and all of the kind of like new experiences and things like what literally would have taken like a team of um, artists to produce you know, in a week and would have cost thousands of dollars to be done by, you know, your, you know, 12 year old sister, you know, in, uh, you know, in like a half hour lunch break. And so I think we're going to see the benefit of AI, um, you know, AI assisted graphics, AI assisted, um, you know, uh, back testing on, uh, on logic to be able to produce entertainment within the crypto space that hasn't, um, that was prohibitively expensive to, to produce last cycle. That's, that's my hot take. That makes sense. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for this. I think um, if we don't have any questions, I can that's end We this. nailed it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this stuff was great. And uh, I look forward, yeah, I look forward to catching up soon when you guys uh, release the next build. Yep. Sounds great. 
Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days got them acting all bankless Yo fam what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting knotters And then to end a long day 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over the impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds Flick the cap yo the road is highly involved Flip a coin diary fall Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served